We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. Just one more thing. Hey now. Oh boy. Holy mechanical armies. Mom always liked you best. Oh, she did. <laughs> you wanted to be one word. What is the other word? One of these days. Are we having fun yet? It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Now, you might very well think that, but of course I couldn't possibly comment. Bertie Helens agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello and welcome to the Televerse, Sound Unsights TV podcast. This is Kate Kaltuk and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon! Yes? It's the start of a new year. Is it? Is it though? Uh, technically, yes. I suppose in the literal sense, the actual sense, yes. <laughs> but in other senses, who can say? <laughs> I guess true, true podcasts are relatively, uh, there's out there. You, who knows when people are listening? That's true. That's also true. Yes. So you, you, so you see, it's really all meaningless. <laughs> well, and like uh, most things, just because it's 2013, when you guys are, at least, at least that is when you guys are listening to this, doesn't mean that we're not going to talk for a long time about 2012. Yes, so uh, get used to hearing about old stuff for the next 90 minutes, basically. <laughs> now, we, last week, of course, we did our top 10 of 2012, top 10 series, that is. But I like lists, and I like talking about TV, and so there were a bunch of other categories that uh, that we came up with to to kind of bring, bring the rest of the year together, uh, at least for us, and maybe some of our listeners will and get some fun out of this, too. Did we actually come up with a name for these, like well, the verses? We were, yeah, we were thinking about the verses. That, that that's rather antagonistic. I'm not sure. You know, listeners, let us know what you think. You know, let us know if we should stick with the verses. If uh, if you have something uh, different for us that we should consider, of course, as we will say at the end, we are available at Sound on Site. There'll be a post for this. We can reach us on Twitter. You can reach us on Gmail. Uh, let us know what you think. Yes, please do. Yeah. But let's let's dive right in and start with our first our first set of awards, as it were. Yes. Uh, so we're looking at best and worst original score, and uh, I have a tie for best. Okay, go for it. I, I've got I've got a bunch of ties because that's how I roll. <laughs> There's so much goodness. Yeah. I'm gonna give a first shout out to The Walking Dead. Uh, Bear McCreary's work on that has been stellar. I think it's been consistently the best thing about the show, actually. And just over the, over this past half season. He picked up a few new tricks, throwing in a, a little bit more, a little bit more John Carpentery synth to make me happy. I think specifically, so that's been great. Also, uh, of course, Louis, uh, my number one show of, of 2012, also happened to feature some of the best music we heard on any show in 2012. And, and I guess you'd expect that out of a show whose ideas are partially based on the original music that are that was that was conceived for the show. So in some cases, the music actually came first and the concepts came later, which I don't think any other show on TV can say right now. So props for that. 
Yeah, I also went with Louis, and uh, it's it says something about just how many fabulous scores there are out there right now that The Walking Dead didn't even come to mind, and it should have because you know, as anybody who listens to our to to our Walking Dead podcast knows, I love Bear McCreary. Also, listen to the uh, the DVD shelf we did with Josh uh, Spiegel about uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica to hear me wax rhapsodic about. Uh, him some more, but I do love me some Bear McCreary. But yeah, I went with Louie for, you know, precisely the reason you said. It's a fabulous score, but also it, it has a unique role in te- American television, at least right now, of being part of the creative impetus for the show as well. So, fabulous score. We love it. And uh, Excellent. maybe maybe some other shows will start employing a similar method. Uh, what did you have for your worst original score? Uh, this shouldn't be any surprise to longtime podcast listeners. I went with Parenthood, whose music in general is sort of a, a sticking point for me. But the basically all of the original music on Parenthood consists of what sounds like iron and wine seasides floating around in the background, telling you how to feel. Uh, which just man, that show deserves better. The the show I went with uh, was Once Upon a Time. When I check in on the show, the original score often. I, in my opinion, deteriorates the, the rest of the show around it. The the score is so over the top and cloying and uh, didactic that I just it makes it makes me stare at an episode and say, "These are good actors. It was written by a, a good writer. Why is this episode terrible to me?" It's because of the score. And I know there are lots of Once Upon a Time fans out there. This could just be because of my bias as a musician and, you know, as a string player particularly. They love the strings over there. And perhaps it's gotten better since I've ceased watching Once Upon a Time. That could be true. But for the original scores I heard this year, Once Upon a Time gets gets my worst of the year. Did you have any... uh, Because we also had soundtrack if you wanted to have... uh, If it was going to be different than score. Because I have a feeling your worst of soundtrack might also be Parenthood. It's also Parenthood, but for best soundtrack as opposed to score, I had another tie. And not really a tie, but two shows I wanted to mention. Because obviously uh, Treme counts for best soundtrack. Because, come on, it's that's my pick, too. I think that's (laughs) self-evident. But I also wanted to give a shout-out to Boardwalk Empire because I really, really dig... The um, especially I think it might be particular to this season. I'm not sure, but they had contemporary bands covering period songs from uh, from the Boardwalk Empire era, and that ended up with some really interesting combinations. And uh, these these songs all played over the end credits. Uh, ba- basically, a a, a a a way cooler version of what True Blood does right now. So um, yeah, that that I, that I found really evocative and appropriate for the show, and finding a way to be to have a contemporary element without feeling like it was out of place. Okay. Yeah, and as you already said, I I went with Treme because I love it. (laughs) Now, we also had Best and Worst Original Song. Of course, this year we had a couple musical shows. Of course, Glee uh, predates the other new musicals that are on, but Glee, for the most part, does not have original music. So for musical shows, there's Smash and Nashville. I was having trouble. I'm sure there must have been other original songs that I just couldn't think of. I we, there's a lot of great comedy going on right now. There had to be some hilarious songs this year that I forgot about. I have one from each Smash in Nashville, and and I do, I do not have a worst because they pretty much all jumble in my head. There are some pretty 
dire ones on uh, on Smash at the end, towards the end of the season. But I gave it to Don't Say Yes Until I Finish Talking, which was, I think, the most fun of those from Smash. And then If I Didn't Know Better, which was the single moment in the Nashville pilot that really drew me in. And uh, I very much enjoyed that song. So what did you have for Best and Worst Original Song? I kind of cheated for Best Original Song. I skipped the musicals entirely and went uh, straight for the Nationals' Reigns of Castamere. Mm. from game of thrones nice. which uh i think was uh, on the credits for uh for blackwater yeah that sounds um, right and uh just so uh, you know lovingly produced very evocative a really nice come down from that uh you know chaotic episode and uh, surprisingly apropos considering you know you know you you forget you're listening to a an, an uh you know a, a quasi indie band from brooklyn for a moment and it's actually it actually felt appropriate for the genre and setting which was nice uh for a worse original song i had to go with uh don't forget me from smash which was the quote big closing number yeah which wasn't that's what all. i was thinking of when i thought of <laughs> some of those weak sauce smash songs yeah that yeah, was not that, good <laughs> that was you know i actually like a lot of the music on smash which was one of the one of the most maligned shows around even by us and uh, yeah, but that number was just not good enough. <laughs> okay, the next uh, next thing we have is best and worst dance sequence, and we had a lot to to pick from because, of course, we watched at least I watched. I don't I don't remember exactly how much you did, but we watched some. So you think you can dance this year? So there was a lot of contenders. What did you go with? Uh, I, again, I, I cheated and and skipped the dance competition mostly because the dance competition stuff mostly runs through in my head. I I needed something to attach it to to remember who to blame or praise. So uh, I, I wasn't able to come up with the worst, I, I, I confess. But for best, at, at least most memorable dance sequence for me was the um, was the sequence from near the end of the season of Wilfred, mm. which was just so wonderful and and so well timed. And I, I love the the deployment of sort of a a, a chirpier version of the theme song, uh, the John Bryany theme song. And uh, in, another nice example of of that show getting to be sort of lovingly trippy. In a, in a way that makes sense for the for the characters in the universe. So that I really dug. See, I went with, uh, I had trouble limiting it down because there were so many, uh, there were a lot of really great routines on So You Think You Dance. But like, much like you, I like being able to have some sort of character or narrative to connect it to. So I went, I had trouble even with that and ended up going with Bunheads, uh, Istanbul, which is that sequence that had Sasha dancing with two random people just at the end of an episode, not connected to anything in particular, but it was such yes, yes. It was such that a was wonderful, wonderful sequence. Yeah, yeah. And... I I couldn't remember I I couldn't remember the name of the of of the tune or 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 specifically where it was placed. So I decided not to go with it. But then you've just reminded me, and it's an excellent choice. Uh, yeah. Buntheads had a few sequences like that, but that was definitely the best one. The other ones that popped to mind, my honorable mentions, the Rat King uh, sequence from the Nutcracker episode, the Fred and Ginger. A sequence which I loved. Of course, you know I love my friend Ginger. So both the Sasha and I want to say like Jordan or something routine that they did uh, again in a similar fashion at the beginning of the episode. Just we're gonna dance. Oh look, we're awesome. We don't need to practice. And then later the 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 one we got with Boo and and her potential love interest was also very nice. So those were my my best dance sequences and uh, worst dance sequence. And uh, sir, how did you forget this? Dance to the music on Smash, the bowling alley scene, where all of a sudden it turns into Grease too. Let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I should have remembered that. Oh, so bad. Oh. <laughs>
Woof! Oh, things that I wish had departed my memory now return. Let's move swiftly on, though, to our final ca- uh, category for this segment, which is best and worst credits. Now, this technically could be different than theme song, which we don't have. We didn't have that on a list. Did theme song come into play for you when deciding your best and worst credits? Um, it's kind of. I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it's perfectly possible to have a, a fine... Uh, choice of of opening music and still have a terrible intro sequence but uh i the the two i went with that sort of tied i think had a nice unity of both uh the archer intro has always been a favorite of mine uh great choice of music and uh i i love it, it in fact I, I kind of connect i kind of think of it as a more elaborate version of the hours intro to be honest uh they're very closely connected in my mind but archer just wins for having more stuff happening <laughs> Uh, and another intro I really love is the American Horror Story intro. Um, ah. It's it's uh, I I like the I mean the 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 theme music is is more or less the same as the first season, but I think it it sets the the jittery tone quite nicely, and um, doesn't doesn't go on too long. And I I feel like it it's it's a good scene setter, and it's you know as, as stylish as that show is allowed to be. And I went with the hour. Uh, as you know, long-term listeners of the show will know if if there's a jazzy score, I'm probably gonna like it. And uh, the hour <laughs> intro is an exception. With oh yes, uh, but the uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the 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 theme song and the intro, like you said, it's it's similar to Archer in a way. Um, I I went with that, but I also love Archer. That's a good pick as well. And I actually hadn't connected those in my mind, but as soon as you said it, it made sense. So. That's fun. So I went, yeah, I went with the hour, and I have a feeling we have the same worst. Honestly, it 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 may as well be called the Homeland Award for it worst really, intro sequence. It's and it's terrible. Homeland. As long as Homeland is on television, it's going to be a very low bar to try to get under. <laughs> um, the fact that it's like easily ninety seconds long, mm-hmm. and 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 actually, like uh, as I was hinting at earlier, I actually like the Terminal Seven tune that goes with it. But unfortunately, you have this huge mess of vocal snippets going on top of it and the font is hideous and the colors are hideous and it just it doesn't do anything for the show i don't know why they keep doing they keep using it it wouldn't it wouldn't you know hurt the show to to change it to something sensible and nice to look at but i guess not yep another one that we didn't like very much the newsroom so honorable mention to the newsroom yes yeah the newsroom's uh, intro i found incredibly pompous and overlong and i didn't really care for the theme music either so that concludes our first segment we'll take a little break listen to perhaps one of our best songs here or or the music from one of the dance numbers and come back with our next series of awards and who are you the proud lord said that i must bow so low only a cat of a different coat that's all the truth I know And a coat of gold or a coat of red A lion still has claws And mine are long and sharp, my lord As long and sharp as yours And so we spoke and so he spoke That Lord of Castamere But now the rings we bore is hard With no 
Next, we have our performance awards. So we're going to start out with favorite reality personality. Who'd you go with? Uh, you know, it's it, it's not the, the the flashiest choice, but the person who I'm always happiest to have around on Top Chef is Gail Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm biased because she's Canadian and I, she she was also on Top Chef Canada. But uh, I just I found she she hits the right balance of substance and just being a pleasant personality to spend time around, where you know other judges can feel too domineering or or maybe. Too, seemingly too too determined to say something negative rather than just enjoying themselves. I think she hits the right balance, and I'm, I'm always happy when she turns up on judges' table. Yeah, she's great. She's she's so much fun to have there, and uh, yeah, it's always a little disappointing when she, she's not in a couple. There's, I feel like there's always a few where she's you know maybe scheduling conflicts or something, but I do enjoy her as well. I went with well, I was going to go with Mark and Bopper from Amazing Race Twenty because they were great. But in, then I remembered an idiot abroad, and I had to give it to Carl Pilkington because he's hilarious. Yeah, I'm not sure if he, I'm not sure if he counts really, but I'll I'll allow it. He's a person on a reality show. It counts. You wouldn't you say, you, yeah. you wouldn't say that's a character? Oh. No, I'm just I'm just not sure. I, I think of an idiot abroad as a reality show, but yeah. um, I, I think of it as more like a, uh, you know, a comedy show that uses a vague reality show framework. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I'm 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 uh, I'm keeping it. Next we Fair have enough. best and worst new character. Now for you was this new character in an established show or did this have to be a character from a new show? Either would have been fine. The two that I happen to go with were from new shows. So go figure. Uh for me best new character went to BJ on Ben and Kate. Uh I played by of course Lucy Punch just in terms of show stealing and in a, in a good way i think that she was clearly the best new character um in the sense of not not necessarily running away with the show and just sort of running roughshod with it which i think would have been bad um i i think that she really just elevates the 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 ensemble and just had me uh in stitches in various places and i i hate saying in stitches because it's such an unfunny way to say something was really really funny but it's true um, she was just consistently hilarious, and even in some of the lesser episodes. Well, then who was your worst? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought we were going to have the same worst. I'm very surprised. Worst actually is, is sort of a tie. Um, but because, uh, you know, I, actually I only had one for worst, but then I just thought of another one. So I'm throwing it in as well. My first worst is uh, Julian Smash, played by Deborah Messing. <laughs> uh, I think she's awful. Like, I, I, I know I know you kind of have a soft spot for her slash Deborah Messing, maybe, but I just found her character so irritating to watch. Well, just as the year went on, she, the season went on, she just got worse and worse. She started out yeah. sort of interesting, but then, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, just by the end, you just wish she'd jump out of her apartment. Other worst, obviously, has to be Jeff Daniels on the newsroom whose name I don't even want to utter right now. Uh, yeah, just such a pompous asshole to have everyone worship the ground of all the time. Just got really tiresome. How about you? <laughs> well, I have a, I, three came to mind for best new character. The, the, the new character on a different, on a new show for me was Captain Chaplin. I very much enjoy that character. And just really, the, I think that is, is more, less about the character and more about Andre Brower's amazing performance. So I don't know how much of that is character design and how much of that is performance. So I consider that. And the other two were Irene Adler 
who was a wonderful addition to Sherlock this season, and Quarles, who was just so much fun on Justified. So those are my, my best and my worst. I'm surprised this is not your list, sir. Nick from Good Wife. Oh, yes, Nick Savarese. Yeah, that would have been a good choice. I don't know. There's so much goodness on The Good Wife that I don't think of him as being such a horrible thing. Like, yes, he's bad, but he's still nested in this good show that he can't really ruin. And then, but the, for me, it's the contrast of, you know. Yeah. And again, that's a character that started out not as bad, but then by the end of this, this calendar year, just the the arc with him was just was terrible. And I felt every time he came on screen, I just wanted the show to cut to commercial or something. And I love that show so much. It was, he was yeah. giving me a hard time. And I'm not sure how much is to blame. I think it's more the writing to blame than Mark Warren, just because I can't think of anyone doing anything good with what that guy was given. So I, I feel he might I feel be the bad guy. For Mark I, Warren. I, I think I might feel worse for Mark Warren than anyone else on TV in 2012. Yeah, quite possibly. Our next, uh, we're not, we might have some more, you know, smash talk here. Uh, best and worst kids and parents. So, <laughs> but shall we do kids and then parents, or shall we do best and then worst? Um, let's do best and then worst. Okay. So for best kids, um, I have, uh, a bunch of ties actually. Well, can we just get the big one out of the way? The Belchers? Uh, yes. The Belchers. All three. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Belchers are clearly amazing. All three of them. The, I, I don't want to split hairs between them. Uh, I would also bring up, um, Louie's daughters on Louie. Mm who are yes. just such a consistent joy to watch. But and... it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I got to give uh, uh, some badass points to Sally Draper, uh, mm -hmm. who I just continue to love on Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, well, I, I just went with the Belchers, but each of the ones you said are fabulous. Of course, we also really like Dana, despite you know, the car crash uh, thing that, she, that that character had to deal with this year. And, uh, of course, Chris Kung Fu Master. There's, I just like to imagine what is happening in Chris Brody's life. <laughs> when, like yes. every As he's sent off screen, like, I, I can see him being a character. There's like some, some alias kind of, you know, Sydney gets a phone call from the pizza place, and then she just goes off for a run, and she's in, you know, another country for two days saving the world. I imagine that there's some, like, Chris super spy secret life going on. Yeah. God, I don't, I don't even want to start thinking about the Chris Brody slash fiction that might exist out there. <laughs> but let's move on to parents. For me, the, the, the best parents uh, had to be Christina and Adam Braverman. I mean, best couple, best uh, parents. I mean, they, they're pretty fat. Aside from, I know we both had significant issues with them lying to their daughter about Christina's cancer. But that aside, they're pretty remarkable parents to be keeping it all together. Yeah, that's what I went with also. I mean, I, I was trying to – come on. It's, the show is called Parenthood. It's too obvious. But, um, uh, I mean, I, I, really every set of parents on Parenthood is, is is good in their own ways. But, yes, clearly they're the ones going through the most shit at the same time. Yeah. And now let's have some fun with Worst. Who um, – let's go parents first because I think we're going to agree on kid. So let's go with parents first. What did you have? Uh, just because I'll take any opportunity to shit on this that I can, um, the – the many guys of guys with kids can all win for worst parents. Uh, you know, I only watched one episode, but I feel like reminding everyone involved how bad that is and was. Is that actually still on? I feel like it is. I'm God not, damn it. I'm not sure. I never but... heard about it getting canceled, and I feel like there, I would have done a little happy dance if it had. Yeah. So, yes, guys with kids wins for worst parents. See, and I went the other way and gave it to Walton Skyler <laughs> from Breaking Bad. Well, if you want to go for, for worst actual parenting, yeah, it's it's a, it's a real toss up between them and, uh, of course, Jessica and Brody on Homeland. But that's more that's more because of external strife than any real personal failure. So that's yeah. tricky. 
Yeah, I had. I mean, Walt is obviously terrible, and Skylar hasn't gone to the cops and witness protection, so she's kind of terrible. She too. counts as terrible. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. And now, now, worst kid. I mean, it's we both have Leo here, right? From yes, Smash? we do. We both have Leo <laughs> from Smash. What a horrible, horrible kid. Uh, he's just the worst. The character is just insufferable. I don't want to throw the actor's name in there because I don't have it, and I don't. I, we have a general rule about not wanting to throw too much mud on kids, but or you know, young actors. But man, that kid sucks. <laughs> oh God, he just sucks so much. Yeah. And I, I noticed someone else has a has a screener disc for season two of Smash, and he's right on the screener disc. I was like, no. Well, hey, you know what? They made Carl better. Carl would have like I think clearly won this last year. And he yeah. was, I liked Carl most of this season. Hey, Carl's still dead. a little bit annoying to me, to be honest, but he's nowhere near Leo levels of annoying. So so maybe they can fix Leo. Maybe. 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 But l- let's move on. Next, we have our best performance. Now, this, we I, I know for me, it was going to be hard to limit this to one. That just didn't happen. So personally, I had a rule of one person per show. Couldn't have, you know, which actually did limit it more than I might have expected. How did you approach not having 20 names? Uh, I just, you know, I, I just decided the best way to do this would be to see who first came to mind mm-hmm. and then worry about stuff I missed later because it's not as though I'm going to be facing Satan's wrath if I miss anyone. <laughs> um, I mean, for best performances, the obvious ones come right out. Brian Cranston, Peter Capaldi on the thick of it, uh, John Hamm. Elizabeth Moss, Timothy Oliphant, Amy Poehler. Uh, those are the ones that immediately came to mind for me. Uh, all all obviously great. We're, we're going to get to underappreciated ones later, but those were the big, obvious, dumb Emmy ones that stood out for me. Now, because of my one-per-show limitation, I actually went with Anna Gunn for, for uh, Breaking Bad. I think this was her best season, and Skyler just had this fantastic journey over the course of the season and it probably didn't as we discussed last week we had i had some issues with um, the mike storyline this season and walt was really tied up with that so that might have helped me go for anagon over brian cranston but of course brian cranston's amazing and the whole cast is amazing i also i went with clark peters for treme uh there are several in contention for that spot as well i went with louis ck uh, just, I think he's grown tremendously, tremendously as an actor in the past, uh, over the past three seasons. Of course, John Hamm, and I also went with Amy Poehler. Just that finale, that just her voting, it she nailed that perfectly. So those are my picks for best performance. Now, underappreciated performance. What did you go with? Uh, I have the cast of Treme, just the cast <laughs> of Treme. So Clark <laughs> Peters falls under there. There's no really no one who I think is is doing subpar work on that show, and also no one who's getting their due. Uh, I'm also going to throw in Marina Baccarin on Homeland, who will never, ever win an Emmy, as far as I know, uh, which is really too bad. Jerry Burns on Justified, just doing incredible comic and uh, villain work on that as well. Uh, Richard Kind on Luck, another man who will never see an Emmy, uh, who I think just did uh, spectacular work, and, and, you're, and who you're not really seeing, used to seeing in that sort of capacity. Um, Ray Stevenson on Dexter was really, really great and didn't make it through enough of that season and was the best thing about that season. So that was really too bad. And finally, I'm going to throw in Danny McBride, uh, Mm. for Eastbound and Down. He's one of my favorite comic actors, period. And he just absolutely tears through every season of that show, even when it's not totally working with just sheer, dumb, all American swagger. And it's, it's not as easy to do as it looks. 
Nice. Yeah, he, that was a uh, that was a fun show for me this this year. I would not have guessed that I would enjoy it as much as I did, and a lot of that goes to Danny McBride. I was watching Tropic Thunder actually with my family not that long ago. I think it was around Thanksgiving, and um, and when he popped up, of course, when I first watched it, I didn't know him, but yes. now of course I do, and it so made the movie all that more entertaining. I had some of yours. I had Jerry Burns. I really considered Marina Backer in as well, but determined that she is getting you know she's getting some praise, whereas uh, Anna Torv. Never going to get any. She no, doesn't get yeah, nearly right. enough love. Um, and, of course, this season, this year, calendar year, also had the conclusion of the, the two-universe story. So she had more variety to play this year than she will have in the, in the, the two episodes that are going to be in contention next year. Also, Monica Potter, who's just, as we say every week, killing it on Parenthood. Uh, this saw the trailer for the, for, for the episode that's tonight. And apparently, oh, God, I'm pretty sure it's going to kill me. Uh, and then also I wanted to mention Ryan Cartwright on, on Alphas. I think he's wonderful. And, yes, uh, good, good, uh, good, good selection there. He's really great. And then my final one is Jason Isaacs on Awake, which I've been pleasantly surprised to see Awake turning up, the, uh, the pilot at least, turning up on a lot of best episodes of the year lists. Which, because uh, of course that'll come up later in, when in in our discussion, and I, I so I wanted to see what other people were saying, and I've been very pleasantly surprised to see Awake getting some some mentions at the end of the year. So it's good. I thought he was really great this year. Um, now we have our sixth man award, which is a basketball term. I know you are not a sports guy, but uh, that's your utility player. That's your person who's not your starter, but you who you tag in. So who is your most versatile all around player for 2012? I'm going to go with, well, I, I, you know, versatile is, is tricky, but in terms of someone who popped up in very different forms of comedy, I'm going to go with Kristen Schaal. Mm. Who uh, turned up as a correspondent on Daily Show, turned up as you know the the as a, a wacky recurring actually regular character on um, on Thirty Rock, uh, and also of course uh, spectacularly voices Louise on Bob's Burgers. Uh, probably she's popped up in, in other things as well that haven't even occurred to me, but yes, at least three shows that I can think of. Uh, yeah, that's a good pick. I thought of her, but I ended up going Stephen Root. He was on Justified ah, this year. He was on Boardwalk Empire. I hear he was very good there. I, of course, have not caught up with that yet. He was very entertaining on The Good Wife. And, of course, for our animation fans out there, Legend of Korra, Dragon Riders of Burke, and Gravity Falls. He did voices on all of those this year. I, I've been meaning to catch up with Legend of Korra, actually, for a while. I saw their, their panel at Comic-Con, and it looks looks like it was a lot of fun. So... Uh, should let me know if I should be checking that out sooner rather than later. Um, and also, Dragon Riders of Burke. Every time I see that title, it just feels like a rip off, rip off of Dragon Riders of Pern. So I, I've had some what of a of a hurdle there. Let me know if I need to, you know, get over myself and check out the show. But that that concludes our uh, our next segment. So we'll take another break, listen to some more music, and be back with even more awards. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Good morning. Good morning. Gentlemen, take a memo. Today the trades are all aglow with grosses for our Miss Monroe. The things those vermin mustn't know is what she puts us through. She makes directors wait all day. One line per hour is all she'll say. And still she thinks we're gonna pay. She needs a talking to. Tomatoes like her must be put in their place. If she don't shape up soon, she'll soon be walking. Cause the buck stops with me. Yes, you're right. We agree. Uh, don't say yes until I finish talking. 
She's got them all tied up in knots, makes each producer faint and pot. She thinks she's queen and calls the shots as she sits on a throne. She needs to learn she's only skin. The next girl's waiting for a spin. I made a star over in Tin Tin and paid him with a bone. Tomatoes like her, well, they're easy to find. We throw them out as soon as they start squawking. So get me some younger dish. We concur as you wish. Hey, don't say yes until I finish talking. Now we have a few uh, <laughs> awards we weren't quite sure how to title. So we'll start with our most improved and our most uh, not, not improved. improved. <laughs> who is your most improved? Uh, well, no surprise to anyone who listened last week, but I do think American Horror Story grew up by leaps and bounds this year. Uh, uh, most other shows that improved didn't do so by huge margins, I didn't think. But uh, I can't really think of another show that went from, from for me, unwatchable to uh compulsively watchable that's a really tricky thing to do i don't know if i've changed or if the show's changed but i'm hoping it's the show that's changed because i'm not comfortable with myself changing of course i don't watch uh american horror story because of the the nightmares but uh i do watch mad men and so i thought this season was fantastic and a significant improvement over their previous season so that's what i went with it's not very surprising or exciting but that was my pick and most not improved i gave to to breaking bad because while it was a very good season i i loved last season so much and this felt like somewhat of a letdown did you go with that as well or did you come up with something more interesting uh, there, there were some good prestige ideas like that and and homeland obviously was so clearly not as good as last year but I actually went for a show whose whose uh, quality dr- uh, dropped this year. I found most disappointing, and that was "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," mm-hmm. whose new season really has not been working for me for the most part. They they aired their uh, finale tonight as we record. I haven't gotten to see it yet. Or sorry, yesterday. I still haven't watched it yet. Uh, but yeah, what I've seen so far, they're breaking whole, the illusion. Uh, but um, the the whole side trip into metatextual humor, which they've kind of done a little bit in the past. Uh, just hasn't worked for me. Uh, and I, I was glad it was a shorter season, and I'm sort of hoping that next year they'll uh, find new avenues to explore because it's just seeming really tired to me. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I hadn't even thought of that. That's how off my radar uh, Always Sunny is at this point, whereas last year it was in my top ten. I didn't even think about it as a show, let alone yeah. You know, that's that's really unfortunate. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with that. Let's The next we're going to have uh, similar in a way most over and underrated. So what's your most underrated show? You know, uh, underrated is tricky. I actually went for a show that just didn't even seem to pop up on people's radar, partially because of the network it was airing on, Investigation Discovery. But I'm going to go with uh, Werner Herzog's On Death Row for underrated. It doesn't really count as underrated because I feel like everyone who saw it knew it was amazing. But I feel like nobody saw it, so let's 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 go with that. I, I still think about the the few episodes of it that I did see, and I, I I would like to take the time to go back and watch the rest of that short short series uh, while I uh, while it while it's fresh in my mind. Well, and I'm, I'm one of those people who hasn't seen it, so yeah, I would say it's. Fooey on you. Fooey on me. And uh, I had two picks for this. I went with Alphas, which we did enjoy very much this year, as well as Prime Suspect, which had a, a few episodes this year. Mostly of it aired last year, but I still thought that was such a wonderful character-based police procedural with such a fantastic ensemble that were even better together than they are individually. I was very sad to see that one go, and uh, which is the category that's going to come up in a little bit here. But uh, I was also very surprised to not see it getting the critical acclaim that I feel it deserved. 
uh, as a fan of procedurals, a really good procedural like that is somewhat of a rarity. Rare, yeah. Especially one that doesn't just evolve into, it's fun to watch these characters hang out. And that's great. I, I enjoy shows like that. I enjoy Psych. I enjoy Castle. But seeing a more dramatic, ba- you know, more realistic feeling, more dramatic version of that is rare. And so... I really feel like Prime Suspect was underrated. On the overrated front, uh, I went two different ways with this. Uh, the first one, I don't know that I actually feel like great putting it here, but it's 30 Rock. I feel like a lot of people have been really loving this season. But the thing is, comedy is so personal. For me, it's not that funny, but I know for a lot of people, it's really working. So that I'm not sure how well that fits. And the other one I have is Arrow. I don't understand, people. <laughs> Why do you all love this show <laughs> other than there's an attractive person who doesn't wear clothes a lot? But that's what True Blood's for, right? I don't understand all the arrow love. Yeah, no, that that's perfectly, that's all very well and good. Uh, I had another obvious choice for overrated, and that's Homeland. I, um, You know, it, it popped up at the top of so many year-end lists, and I'm like, you know, it, it's great. No, don't get me wrong. It's had some amazing episodes, and it's obviously chock-a-block full of amazing performances and some good writing here and there. And et cetera, et cetera. But man, so many huge 18-wheeler-sized plot holes. You, you see what I'm saying. I'm getting my language confused. I'm so annoyed with how overrated it is. Um, <laughs> you know, and there's I, what I do find interesting is that this is a year that there were shows that that should have been overrated but weren't. Like, for instance, The Newsroom, as soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so heinously overrated, isn't it? But no, it was rated correctly. <laughs> So I, I, so in a way, it's a tribute to, to critics everywhere that it was difficult for me to come up for this category because expe- my expectations for how things should be rated were mostly met. Well, that's encouraging. Now, next up, we have our happiest discovery. This could be a show. It could be a performer. It could be that. Like, will you, Werner Herzog was on what, Discovery, Inside Discovery? Investigations. Investigations. It could be a channel. What was your happiest discovery this year? This is sort of cheating, but uh, when we did our um, our first round of horror picks with Capone from Any Cool News, I finally watched Duel for the first time, which was technically made for television. <laughs> it counts. And you watched it this year. <laughs> and I watched it this year, so I'm going to go with Steven Spielberg's Duel, which is now actually one of my very favorite Steven Spielberg movies. You might think that's insane, Kate, but it's true. Um, it's kind of a, a dry run for Jaws in a way, but it's also sort of a, a you know a, a zippy b slash cult movie that also happens to be a pretty swift expose of, of male insecurity at the same time which is not easy to do so uh yes duel i really dug it you should rent it sometime <laughs> and my pick is the easiest one to predict in all of these categories probably and that's treme because as i've said it was my number one show of the year and i did not watch any of it until this year and i am very glad to have done so at this point uh there are plenty of other shows that i was very happy to discover this year i watched spartacus all of it this year i watched alphas for the first time this year there are a lot of shows that i discovered that i really enjoyed and lots of performances as well but i but treme holds a special place in my heart and that was something i came across this year so Boring pick over. Next category, the Ringer Award for show we should have given up on. <laughs> yeah, I have two choices for this, and there neither one was a show I I spent much time revisiting, but every time I do, I just regret it, and I don't know why I do it. Uh, the, the, in in both cases, this could also be called the, be called the Just Die Already Award. <laughs> um, and there are two shows. Uh, the first is Dexter, 
which uh, I got suckered back in because I kept hearing about how good the first part of this new season was, and it was actually, and it was pretty decent. I'll give it that, but that just ah, went you off liked the rails. it. You actively liked it. I, I did. It, it, it started off quite decent, but then it, it just went off the rails so badly in ways that everyone should have seen coming, and it was just not not a good time. Uh, and the other is a show that I really only checked in probably for two or three episodes this year, and I still always regret it. It's how I met your mother. Uh, it's, oh God, it, it's specifically, they had a two-parter, um, a couple weeks ago and it was, you know, this very, you know, this, it's supposed to be a big dramatic episode for them. And just though the design of the episode ends up, ended up for me. So it's so contrived and actually sort of creepy in it, it, when it was trying to be sweet and just everything about it just struck me as off and not, and you know, a few chuckles here and there, but nothing worth sustaining 42 minutes uh, four, so yeah, no, Himium just needs to die so much, so much. In fact, I kind of wanted to get to get canceled just suddenly before anyone gets to meet the mother. That's how annoyed I am with it right now. I feel exactly the same way about how I met your mother as you just expressed. And this is coming from somebody who has several seasons on DVD. I went as Robin Sparkles for Halloween one year. I really nice. liked the show. Oh, yeah, I have pictures. It was awesome. I still have the faded, bedazzled jacket in upstairs. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And I saw there's a lot I really, really liked about the show for a long time. But it just needs to die because it's not been funny for quite a long time. They've been milking the mother thing to the point of absurdity. And all these are a group of talented people that should be doing good work. And if they're not going to do it on this show, let them out so they can do it other places. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. The, er the earlier seasons of Hemium are some of the best sitcom stuff I've ever seen. And just now it's just such a pale imitation of its former self. It, it's to me the ultimate example of a show that, that just went on way too long that currently exists. Yeah. Um, I went this year with uh, True Blood, which we watched all of. It was, it seemed fun at the time, but Upon looking, upon reflection, and it was fun at the time, I guess, but nothing really <laughs> happened, and it, most of the season wasn't very good. And the real, the real winner for this one, though, is Smash, which I believe I watched all of. Yes, yes, we did. Oh God! So yeah, but Smash yeah. had a had a, had a certain like sadistic pleasure mm -hmm. to watching that well, I don't think something like True Blood had. The thing with Smash was that every like every other episode, Jack Davenport would have an amazing scene, and you go, "This is what this show could be. It could be so good." And then it would, then they would sing that terrible song that you that we previously discussed, uh, the end of show, miraculous. Oh, this is the perfect song, and then it was terrible, and uh, <laughs> so it would just crush your hopes again. Or you'd have a Leo scene, or anything involving Julia's home life, really. Yeah, or, stupid or so love many triangle, stupid or love triangles, drug, drug sequence, or, or look, it's the the Indian boyfriend, Indian American boyfriend is gonna have a song. Let's have it be the only Bollywood number. Don't question if it's racist. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Oh, that that's totally the most racist TV moment. Of and another contender for for worst dance sequence. Yeah. Uh yeah. yes, good good call. So so next we have continuing this this theme. We have the uh, the spotlight of shame. I'll go first. I'm giving mine to FX for Charlie Sheen. Ooh, good call. Yeah. It's hard to blame know, people for that's... wanting to make money, but really, America can't seem to help themselves with Charlie Sheen, and somebody needs to stop that. So, boo, FX. Boo to you. Okay, who's your pick? Or or what's your pick? You know, I, 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 uh, it's true. I can't blame FX for that. I mean, 
they they know a they know a lucrative thing when they see one apparently, and they've got so many shows that are probably being kept alive by anger management right now. So I I I, I can't I can't really you know if 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 we get if if a hundred episodes of anger management means we get more Louis and the league and you know it's always sunny when it's good and justified etc etc et and yeah and 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 their slate of new of new shows as well which could be very good you know uh it's a deal with it as long as i never have to watch it you know i, I, I don't <laughs> I, you know it's it's fine i can deal with it um you know i i, I went back and and more conventionally thought of shows that we spotlit for shame and two stuck out uh the first is downton abbey uh, whose second season was atrocious. I'm sorry. That was just not good television. It yeah. was, it, I just remember how angry we got with it week after week. Um, <laughs> and yet it's appeared on so many top 10 lists. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, and the other, of course, is The Newsroom, which is just one of my favorite TV fiascos ever. Uh, just so misbegotten. And... Now, is that a spotlight of shame on the show, on Aaron Sorkin, on HBO? Who's getting this the, the spotlight there? Uh, it's got to be Sorkin. I mean, he wrote or co-wrote every episode. It, it, it's so clearly his voice and his worldview, and it's just it, it it's just it would have been a bad show, whether or not he'd done better shows to compare it to. It, it just on its own, it's uh, it's a horrible, misbegotten, unfunny, offensive, uh, just mess. And I, I anyone who and I'm I'm so glad that everyone recognized it for the for the the phony greatness that it is <laughs> our final category of the segment is shows that we are sorry to lose and there are more than i realized thankfully wikipedia has a 2012 in television section de devoted solely to shows that are no longer going to be with us anymore um wh what one for you what was what's the show that you are going to be most sorry to miss or shows uh if it's a tie uh, there were a bunch of contenders, but just going by the numbers, it had to be luck, uh, especially because of, you know, if you think about what happened with luck in terms of, oh, we're getting a Milch and Mann and Hoffman show, and it ends up being basically as good as you would hope that would be, and oh, it's been renewed for a second season, and oh, wait, no, some horses died, and oh, they're going to they're gonna pause production, oh, wait, no, more horses are dead, it's over. It was just the whole arc of it was just so crushing to watch. Mm -hmm. So it was it's both for the quality of the show and for the method of cancellation. Uh, it was just so brutal. Now, uh, he, to list off some of the shows that it looks like we're not going to get any more of, uh, of course, that question mark uh, is because of the thick of it. It seems like that's probably the end, but you never know with British series. It could come back in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, also, Awake, Prime Suspect, uh, The Fades, Todd Margaret, which I was very happy to discover this year, Lock House, Eureka, and even Cash Cab, which I very much enjoy. Um, but I, I decided to go with Chuck, because while I didn't necessarily follow it week to week, I had a lot of fun with that show, and I know there are a lot of there are a lot of fans of that show out there who are really going to miss it. And it, you know, when you talk about just feel good TV programming, that's that's something you know I'm going to miss. It was always you know it always seemed to balance out you know, fun and, you know, the comedy, but also with some, some good action and, uh, and, you know, relationship stuff that didn't feel too contrived most of the time. So I'm going to, I'm going to miss Chuck. The problem with me for choosing a, with choosing a show like Chuck is would you really have wanted more Chuck? I think I would have been okay seeing it. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, I think, I think Chuck had a high watermark at a certain point that 
it wasn't necessarily in any danger of returning to, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, but it did it did remain a solid, reliable, fun show. Even, you know, at the height of its Brandon Routh issues, it was still a, a reliable show, and uh, I still enjoyed it. So I think I could see wacky adventures of, of Chuck and Sarah for years to come. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, it doesn't have the same, you know, wrenched away from you feeling that something like Luck does and something yeah. like... Or or Awake, which I think awake. also... But, uh, but I mean, to be fair, Awake seemed doomed from day one, so... Yeah. Yep. It's true. Um, so we're going to take another break and uh, come back with our next chunk of segment. What questions will we have next? Ah, oh, you'll have to wait. Ah. To hear. <laughs> Category, you're going to have to uh, describe why, why we're calling it what we're calling it. This is the Dusty Dusty Him Sad Saddest Scene Award. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to try to unpack that one. It's it's a long story. Just enjoy the, the name and and, and imagine <laughs> your contrive your own explanation. But yes, the Dusty Dusty Him Sad Award for Saddest Scene. I feel like there's only one contender for this, and I feel like it was recent, and I feel like we know what it is. Yeah, it parenthood. was Christina's goodbye video on yeah. Parenthood. <laughs> Uh, even though I did have some major issues with that episode in general, uh, yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, it was like first day of prison tears. It wasn't good. <laughs> well, just both, both ends of that scene were fantastic. And, uh, and, and of course, because this is a show that is far more realistic in its approach, just in the style and the way it has people talking over each other, it feels much more like a show that could really be happening. And then when you watch a scene like that, the reality of it just smacks you. And then you're immediately reacting, what would I leave in a video to my family if I was going to die? And if I had a baby who I would never see grow up and I'm crying, you know, that's, <laughs> can't, yeah. can't, you know, it was, it was very well done. And it, and, and the most amazing thing is that it, they managed to not feel exploitative or manipulative. That should be, I should feel that coming, you know, the the string should have welled up <laughs> to tell me that I'm supposed to feel emotion there. And it was so subtly handed and handled and so well done. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was, it, it was the first thing, it was the easiest category to have an answer yeah, to. Definitely. It just wins. Did, did, did you even have any, like, other thoughts for other scenes or runner-ups or anything? There were, I mean, I mean, look at... Treme. I mean, yes. lots of sad things happened. Uh, lots of, you know, really lots of crying moments there from as an audience member. There's a lot of television that had really affecting. Yeah. I, I'd also moments. sort of 
I, I'd also go in for the rooftop se- sequence on Louis. Absolutely. Uh, which really, which really got to me personally. Um, although that wasn't strictly just sad, but that was definitely one of the major undercurrents. Uh, on the flip side, we also have a funniest scene or moment, and this was hard. <laughs> this was hard. Yeah, yeah. I actually, it, it was. It should have been hard, but I decided uh, to just go with the first thing that came to mind, which was basically anything involving Archer and his ocelot. Um, <laughs> just, just, and this actually even goes back to the previous season when we first meet the ocelot, <laughs> and uh, just. Everything to do. and I, 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 you know what? Sadly, I don't even remember the ocelot's name right now. I feel like it's Babu or Balu or something like oh, that. Oh yes, it is Babu. It is <laughs> Babu. Thank you, uh, Babu the ocelot. Anything to do? Just I love the way H. John Benjamin plays enthusiasm because he does it so rarely, mm-hmm. and he just look at his little spots. <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> Yeah, just uh, everything about that is so great, and I'm I'm so glad they only pull it out so far on an average about of, of, of once a season because. It's something that if they ever abused, I would be very sad. And yeah. yes, that would just, oh, so good. So good. Yeah, The re- what made this one tricky for me, uh, and the reason that I don't have Serpentine or the fight on the roof of the train from the Limited, I do think the Limited was probably the, the funniest single episode of television this year, was that that felt like a, a piece to me, the, the whole episode. And so then that's a different discussion, a funniest episode. Um, there were a lot of different things. What I decided, I guess I'll say, is Schmidt describing his technique. I I, I think I'm just <laughs> yes. going to go with that. Just because as far as like a series of uh, <laughs> the, the the way that that builds, yes. shall we say, uh, over the course of the, of the scene and then, and then the payoff. And it, just, it was very well constructed, hilariously executed. We love Max Greenfield, of course. Um, and uh, there, was, there was a lot of really great comedy this season, but... For just a single scene that pops to mind, that's what I came up with. Lots of uh, Parks and Rec things that, sh- that yes. could have worked. Lots of Louie. I mean. Although, actually, the runner-up for me would probably be uh, the fight on Mad Men. Just, oh, God, not, yeah. Not not strictly a comedy, of course, but I was I was dying at that, <laughs> for sure. The, the next we have the, fuck oh, yeah, most satisfying moment. I went a different way with this. I went with Liz Says Yes in Daddy's Girlfriend Part 1. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good. That's a good moment. A little fist pump. The just, you know, the sense of triumph and, you know, it was just, it was so, so fun. So, you know, because there were, there were a lot of, you know, I mean, there's Game of Thrones and let's go kill them. There's a lot of really great triumphant moments this season, but I decided to go a different way. Which way did you go? See, I, I went with Game of Thrones, but not that moment. Uh, I went for uh, Theon getting smacked upside the head with <laughs> a shovel, uh, which was... <laughs> Also one of the funniest moments, but uh, yeah, just so, so great. Um, I can't really stress how, stress enough how great that was, especially with how much of a dick he'd been for that entire season. Yeah. And I mean, in, 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 in Game of Thrones terms, a pretty mild punishment, but still pretty great. Well, and while we're, we didn't have a category for this, but while we're talking Game of Thrones briefly, uh, can we agree perhaps best badass line, anyone can die or anyone can be killed? Yeah. Sorry, Arya. And, and, Anyone could be killed. Yes, that was that was pretty great. Or really anything that came out of Peter Dinklage's mouth, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, next, we have our best and worst villain. And I'm going to keep it in Game of Thrones world for a while. I'm going to say Joffrey. I hated that villain. bitch this year. <laughs> yes. Joffrey is, is a horrible little shit, isn't he? Yeah. My second, my other choice was Walt. But Joffrey, I wanted to kill Joffrey even more than I hated Walt this year. 
Yeah, well, and the thing with Joffrey is that he's so eminently killable. Like, he's just a little shit. <laughs> yeah. Just look at him. Like, you can just strangle him in two fucking seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what makes him so ex- like so much better, even as a villain, is you know that he's just some pissant little kid. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that's an excellent choice. Um, it's funny. Uh, for best and worst villain, my, my answers are both Mike, but they're not the same Mike. Um, <laughs> for, uh, for for best villain, I mean, we, we, we saw the end of Mike Ehrmantraut, uh this season. And just it was it was more I guess more of like a cumulative award for for him and I guess you might theoretically see him as a hero in a way but I mean come on he's a he's a professional killer uh, and cleaner so yes not clearly not a good person but uh, one of my favorite people to watch over the over the run of that show uh, from his very first appearance even if I didn't really like what they did with him this particular half season and my worst villain was Mike on Luck played by Michael Gambon. And Ooh. I think, I, I think, uh, as it was more a case of most disappointing than worst, really, just because Michael Gambon r- rules so fucking hard, and every aspect of the bike character didn't really work for me, with the exception, of course, of the syntax sequence. <laughs> um, well, and his first episode was so great; he had held so much promise, and then it was like immediately dashed. The character just yeah. became cartoonish in a way that it felt like it started cartoonish, but it seemed to fit the world and then it just went too far. It went past 11. Yeah. So that was really disappointing. Uh, Dexter would be another good fit for this, but uh, you know, see, I've, I've already ranted enough about Dexter. I went with, uh, I, I went with a uh, twofer. I could not decide. We have Lamar Wyatt. So that's powers booth on Nashville. Uh, ah, that's not fair. And Ellis. On Smash. Oh, good, good choice. Ellis on Smash. Yeah, Those are the two is. villains that, no, I don't care. You're a terrible villain. <laughs> yes. No, especially Ellis. I totally, I actually, I blocked Ellis out of my mind, but he's an excellent choice for worst villain, especially. Powers Booth on, on Nashville, you know, I don't care so much, but he, but, you know, I, I like Powers Booth and his style of scenery chewing, so I'm okay <laughs> with him. Well, I just love the comparison. You, you want to just kill Joffrey, but you just, you just want to kill Ellis. Yeah, like, just like, <laughs> yeah, you just want him dead. Like, you just, just want go him away. Just be gone. Just not be. Don't be on the show anymore. Yeah, like you, you want Joffrey re- rendered by wolves, but you just want Ellis to get hit by a bus. Could he just not be on the show and we never mention? Can he? You know, it could be an Armin Tanzarian situation. Or yeah, can he situation. die on the way back to his home planet? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, let's get, let's continue on this and go to uh, best and worst action sequence. There were a lot of good ones. I don't even have a bad one, but I have like yeah, five I don't, I don't, I don't have a worst. I, I only best. have a best, and uh, the it. best is a show I, I haven't mentioned yet, and it's uh, the Coliseum Raid in Spartacus, mm. midway through its most recent season. What an amazing sequence that was. <laughs> I, admittedly, a little heavier on CG than I would like, but I mean, the sh- they don't have $50 million in episodes, so it makes sense. Uh, just, I, love the, I loved its placement in the season midway through when you're not expecting a ridiculous sequence like that. Uh, so that was great. It was so beautifully executed and um, just so so strategically wonderful. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so that that was the one that most obviously stood out to me. How about you? Well, I have a bunch of them. First, of course, the train heist, Breaking Bad, fantastic. Yep. The slow mo horse race and luck. I think it was episode four. Just I feel like it was just a moment of pure beauty and it was so be- wonderfully executed all the horse yep. racing scenes on luck were fabulous the the battle of blackwater of course not only the rousing speech by Tyrion, which is fabulous but also just they managed to nail the wild wildfire that looked amazing well done all yes. and the other one i have here is the chuck finale 
the the final action set piece, which is an exact uh, inverse of the the fight sequence or the action sequence at the in the premiere. Um, it's the mirror image of it, uh, and, and it's it just it was wonderful. And so that having that detail, and it was fun in the in the premiere, and I didn't even notice it at first. And and to, so to have that touch in there as well, it worked as an action set piece by itself. And then with that added context, it was great. So I really enjoyed that as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, Spartacus. I mean, this category is. I feel bad actually. The next category we have is best and worst death. I don't have a worst one. Uh, but I went with Game of Thrones. I went with the Too Fast and One Slow from Brienne, uh, which was pretty amazing for Best Us. But now I feel bad for... I feel like there's got to be at least a few on Spartacus that were amazing. The the trainer, his death. I can't remember the character's yes. name right now. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah, a bunch of amazing death scenes on Spartacus, but I actually went with... and I, Although it's tricky because I don't know if it technically counts as a death scene because I'm not sure if he's dead. But Robert Quarles, unjustified. Yeah, he might not be dead. Lost an arm, <laughs> bled out pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't seem like he was going to make it, but you know, we'll see. Justified's had a had a had a, a, a Justified's had a habit of not killing off people who get shot and maimed lately, so we'll see. But I haven't heard about Neil McDonough making an appearance on the new season, so I'm just going to go in. And and also his his sort of like the 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 jab that he gets in at Raylan at the end is just so good for it for a last moment. So I'm just going to assume it, it, it had the same function as a death scene, whether or not it was a death scene. So I'm going to go with that. I'll allow it. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, worst, it, what? not necessarily a horrible scene or anything, but uh, Isaac Serko on Dexter taking him out in the middle of the season was just a terrible idea. And uh, yeah, I got nothing more to say about that, except God, they're idiots for doing that. Okay. Fair enough. We'll take another break and come back with our final segments of, of our of our best of the rest. This is gonna be fun. Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I hear you call my name and it feels like hope. Final, uh, final set of awards here. We went. We had a little more fun with this with this group. We have first our most and least alluring universes. Which universes? Which TV shows do you want to live in? And maybe not so much. Um, I, I have three for most and two for least. Uh, for most alluring, obviously Treme. I mean, really, it's just New Orleans, but it just looks like so much fun. I just want to be there now and not <laughs> here. Um, I also went with Luck, just because. 
yeah, I, I guess bad things happen to people occasionally on luck, but I don't know. I just, I, I just love the idea of hanging out at the track with the, with the degenerates and possibly winning loads of money. Just and... make sure you don't answer a question with a question. Yeah, just never answer a question with a question. Yeah, don't don't get involved in organized crime. Don't remark on someone else answering a question with a question, and you'll be okay. Yes, unless you lose all um, your money. Yes, uh, I don't know. I just, I just love and just the idea of sitting around watching, you know, drinking and watching those, those beautiful horse races all day. I could get behind that. Uh, and finally, I guess in a universe in a different sense, Bob's Burgers. I would hang out at Bob's Burgers all day, mm-hmm. watch the kids, you know, and, and their antics, and you know, have have the delicious burger of the day. Or not honestly, some of them don't send that all that appealing to me. But help them um, come up with their puns. Yes, help. Yes, absolutely. I, actually, um, friend of the show and I, Eric Mendoza, had a, had a whole brainstorming session where we decided if they were going to do a Les Misérables episode of Bob's Burgers, how would it go? It definitely involved Linda singing a song about how how they should be less miserable. <laughs> um, that's that's really most of what we got. So yes, Bob's Burgers. Uh, definitely makes it in there. I consider Bob's Burgers, but I ended up going with a similar tonally, at least show, and that's Parks and Rec. I would, I will take up, uh, you know, summer job as the, the shoe shinest if it means I get to hang out with with that crew of people. I think that would be a lot of fun. And as much, you do have to deal with Eagleton, but other than that, it seems like <laughs> the list of issues are not as, uh, you know, as significant as perhaps they are on Treme. Plus, you get to live in a universe where some politicians give a shit about you. Yeah, that's nice. That'd be nice. And then the other one, which was, I didn't even think of this at first, but uh, I want to play True Americans. So, New Girl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, has it, but no one's ever actually come up with it with a strict rule book for true Americans, have they? There's some level of rules available online from the writers, and then other people have extrapolated out rules for it. But it looks like some fabulous comedy. You know me. It's history and and trivia plus lava monster and drinking. This these are all good things. These are all yes. wonderful things. And I I feel like there's some element of chicken fights in there. So yeah, this this game looks amazing, and I would love to play it with that group of people. Um, and then your least alluring universes. Mine aren't particularly thrilling. What did you get? I mean, it's they seem pretty obvious to me. American Horror Story. The you know basically, if you're not possessed or uh, already insane, you get to be a sane person thrown into an early 1960s insane asylum, given shock treatment, or sexually assaulted, or having limbs amputated, or having or, alien babies, or ha- being abducted by aliens and probed. Uh, it's just no one gets out well in that show at all. Uh, the other one, again, obvious, The Walking Dead. Just such a depressing universe to be in. There's no good place to be. Uh, and, you know, obviously, zombies. I mean, it, it might be okay to be a zombie, but, uh, you know, you, you, you wouldn't feel any pain. You'd have regular meals, but uh, other I don't than know. That, Some of them seem pretty hungry. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just doesn't seem like a good universe to be in. Yeah, I went with The Walking Dead as well, and I also went with The Fades, because uh, screw post-apocalyptic. That's literally a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic, world by the end, yeah. because the apocalypse happens <laughs> in the show. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all all sorts of badness. So uh, between The Walking Dead and Fades, I think Fades gets the, the slight edge, uh, but neither one sounds fun. And of course, American Horror Story. That's why I don't watch American Horror Story, because of everything we just said. I don't need to see that. But I'm sure <laughs> yeah, it would be enough. a terrible universe to live in. That is true. Yes. Um, now, what are our favorite surprises and maybe least favorite surprises? Twists, revelations, uh, shocks, any of that fits here. What did you go for with for your favorite and your least favorite? 
Um, I actually didn't, I don't think I came up with any least favorites, but my two favorite shocks were both on Louis, I have to say, for a show that doesn't really, it's not really about shocking people at all, or, or twists or surprises, and it's got virtually no continuity most of the time, but it provided my two favorite shocks of the year, one of which was, of course, David Lynch showing up on my TV screen, as we've discussed many, many times, and the other of which was uh, Parker Posey's Liz dying in the last episode, which was just such a... That was one of the biggest what-the-fuck moments for me in all of television last year. Uh, just such such an unorthodox move for any show, but especially for this show. Um, so yeah, that was really... And, and surprisingly touching for me as well. So yes, that was pretty great. Um, yes, I sorry, it occurred to me, I probably didn't give you advance warning for this least favorite surprise, but one came to mind, and so therefore I had to... To mention it, the least favorite surprise, of course, being that Roger goes along with the Joni situation and the other woman on Mad Men because that wasn't so much. The, the thing is, that wasn't so much a surprise as just bad writing. Yeah, like I don't believe. I'm very surprised because that's a twist because that doesn't seem to fit with the character at all. So yeah, that's sort of an unintentional twist, I guess. Yeah, and then my favorite surprise, and this is a spoiler. For the Vampire Diaries, if you are behind on the Vampire Diaries, fast forward five We've seconds. So many things already. Yes, but well, oh well, but I feel like those other ones weren't real twists. So fast forward five seconds from now. Okay, they turned Elena into a vampire as their cliffhanger, and it was a great decision. It worked really well, and everybody's back. Uh, but uh, I think it was a really smart move for them, and uh, and, and it's something that managed like all the fans of the books managed to keep that under wrap. It's something that happens in the first book and it happened here at the end of the third season. I'm surprised that they managed to keep that under wraps for this long and they ex executed it very well. So that's my, yeah, that's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my, th I imagine if you were looking for it, you would have found it online, but I, you know, I'm active online and I didn't know about it. So clearly the people weren't trumpeting it in a way that I know a lot of spoiler people like to do sometimes if they're dicks. At least. Um, next, we have our trivia scene. I have two here. W what were your picks? Uh, yeah, I think we've probably got the same two. Probably. Uh, the uh, Walter's trip, obviously, on Fringe mm -hmm. was literally the trippiest scene. I mean, he was on LSD for an entire episode. There was a Monty Python segment and a Tinkerbell. I mean, how much trivia do you really want? Yeah, I give and... that just specifically to the Monty Python segment, but yes, the yeah. whole thing was possible. And, of course, the other one is, I would say, the last 20 to 30 minutes of Awake. Uh, the entire back half of their finale was just insane and amazing in ways that it did not get enough props for. Uh, ideally, more of the show would have been like that, to be honest, uh, more frequently, which is also how I feel about Fringe. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty impressively batshit insane. I went with uh, the Awake Penguin, actually. While he's being held hostage in the bank, all of a sudden there's a penguin there. And no one else can see the penguin, and he's sort of not sure how to react to that. Uh, that was pretty great. I very much enjoyed that. Uh, so, so, and I, and I figured, you know, you were going to go with the finale. So I, I figured I'd throw some love to a scene that's a little earlier in the season. But yeah, very, you know, both both shows, plenty of trippy fun stuff this year. Next, we have our best and worst new comedy and drama, or. Buy you for making us watch. That's actually by me, really, for making us watch pilots. Uh, so what was what was your... Should we do best or worst first? Oh, let's do best first. Uh, I feel like best new comedy uh, has to go to either Veep or Ben and Kate, and I'm kind of torn on which it is. I'm gonna, I, get it, I have to give the slight edge to Veep, but I am really digging Ben and Kate so far. Okay. Those are both solid contenders. I went with Girls. 
Um, but I do, I did really like all of, of those shows. I would, I would give it to Veep and, and Girls over Ben and Kate. Ben and Kate took a while to really, you know, come together for me in a way that, uh, Girls kind of did too, but I, the, the fact, you know, the, the unique style of Girls gives it a little extra edge. And of course, I, you know, I love Veep too. Veep has been fabulous. What's funny is in my brain, I don't even think of Girls as a comedy really. Yeah. Um. I mean, so maybe that's why it, it didn't occur to me to mention. But also keep in mind that Ben and Kate is the only one of these that hasn't actually finished its season yet. That's true. That's true. So I think it's done a lot of growth in a fairly short period of time, especially for a network show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, worst new comedy. I, oh, no, 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 no. No, let's do best drama. Let's, let's hold uh, best off dra- the worst. Best new drama. Uh, I feel like it's a bit of a toss-up, but I'm going to give it to Last Resort, uh, which I think I uh, had a great pilot, which uh, I may bear mentioning again. And it's been a little bit wobbly here and there, but honestly, it hasn't been a great year for new dramas, and I think it's, for me, the one that's been the most consistently interesting. Uh, Awake is also a contender, but it had some real dips, uh, more so than Last Resort did for me. Yeah. And I think uh, I actually had forgotten for, until just uh, a little bit before we started recording that actually Awake did premiere this year. It feels like, you know, there were, they did have 13 episodes, so it doesn't feel like they all ran in the course of, like, a month and a half, but you know, that's basically what they did. Um, but I actually went give this to Bunheads because I had a lot of fun with that series. And, uh, and it, and by, especially by the end of the run, they had figured out their tone. They knew what they were doing and, uh, and it felt more consistent. And this is a show that when it was, you know, when I was off the air, I, you know, I had a, I had ex- an experience this, this past, uh, holiday season playing for in an orchestra while some dancers did, nutcracker dances and i i felt like i was in bunheads just watch in the rehearsal <laughs> watching the like the the girls they're all high school and you know high older middle school girls watching them uh interact with each other while you know we're waiting to change the lights and that sort of thing i felt like i was in bunheads i was like oh, i need to go home and watch bunheads it makes just makes me happy and there's something to be said for a show that just is okay being a simple happy show and every now and again there's you know, issues that the characters deal with, but for the most part, it's just going to be a happy show. And that's, that's good. I enjoyed it. So Bunheads, I'm very excited to have that coming back here in just a few weeks. So worst new comedy. We watched a lot of bad ones. Uh, you watched even more than I did. I went with Work It. Oh, uh, there's so many good. I, I feel like Work It's a good answer. Um, Rob's partners. Good answer. Partners, partners was embarrassingly lame. I, yeah. I, I kind of want to go with Partners just for being so, so insanely lame. Um, most def- but, what was the most offensive one? There's so many options. Uh, most offensive. You, again, you saw more than I did. Partners wasn't offensive. It was just lame. Mm-hmm. Um, guys with kids. Oh, How to Be a Gentleman lame. was this year, wasn't it? Oh, How to Be a Gentleman. But again, that wasn't as bad. Yeah. Seriously, it was not as bad as some of the other ones that it were. It had really Dave bad. Foley, you know. So that was at least good. Yeah. And it had a good cast in general. And mm-hmm. just, just it, it was it was no, don't get me wrong, it was bad. Mm-hmm. But it was not as bad as some of these. Just so many just horrible contenders for worst that, you know, even though it was a it was a good year for comedy and new comedy, but don't make don't let that fool you into thinking there wasn't reams of incredibly shit new comedy as well. So what was your pick? What was your final pick? Partners? Yeah, it's got to be partners. Just, uh, yeah, I don't even want to think about how misbegotten that was. I, I, I don't think I even got through the pilot, to be honest. And it was probably 22 minutes long. Like, if you can't yeah. get me through a 22-minute episode of television, you're doing something very, very wrong. And how about worst new drama? It, this won't be a surprise to long, longer-term listeners. I went with Touch, 
Because that was the only one to actively anger me. Oh, I forgot that was this year. In its pilot. I was offended and angered, and I was, like, I was fuming watching that pilot. I was so angry at it. Oh, whatever award, whatever I was thinking of giving this to before, give it to Touch. Wow. Yeah, I forgot how much happens in a year. That (laughs) show was so offensively terrible that I'm that I feel ashamed that we haven't mentioned it until now in yeah. this wrap up. It yeah. is so much worse than everything else we've talked oh, about. But, but but Simon, autism is magic. Uh is 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 touch still on? Is yeah, it still it's coming happening? back. It's coming back oh, in I think in January. Jesus. And people are very oh. excited about it. Some people really e- like it. Everyone involved should be fucking ashamed, including the people who watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not uh. I mean Maybe it got better, but if it How? fucking How offended it me so much in that. In How that would it get premiere. better? It yeah. The the whole idea is poison. Yeah. Anyways, <sighs> so Ooh, yes, let's move on to a happier subject. To our next category, let's do it. That's premiere. And I didn't. Did you separate out pilot and premiere, or did you say first episode, regardless of what season? Oh, I, I was thinking in terms of pilots actually. Okay. Um, so for that, I uh, had to go with Last Resort, which I thought uh, really set out, did everything it set out to do much more swiftly than any other show would have done, maybe even a little bit too swiftly. And uh, I, th- I think laid, laid out the groundwork for some really interesting conflicts and w- with a minimum of cliche, which is all really, really hard to do. Yep, that was a good one. I would also say um, Smash actually had a really good pilot, as far as I'm concerned, uh, despite what happened later and, uh, awake also had a really strong pilot. I think, um, as far, I also did premiere and I, I gave that to justified for their ice pick killer. Ice pick killer. Yes. That was fabulous. Uh, what, one of my favorite showdowns in justified history, just the little, little table pull. Yeah. Just so or tablecloth pull rather just such a, such a, such a quintessential Raylan Gibbons move. Just, I think, as I as I recall, I described it as elegant at the time, and it it was, it was just perfectly an elegant solution to a to a showdown, a seemingly wonderful. impossible problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, best finale. Uh, I, I, I again, I'm gonna bring up the awake finale just because it was so much better than basically the rest of the entire season, uh, <laughs> and better than it had any right to be, and so insane. Like, so this, I can't even, like, people who didn't watch the show or gave up on it, uh, it's difficult maybe, to express maybe won't get it. just how. It's difficult to express. And also, some people I know who watched it also totally misinterpreted it. Yeah. So I can't really think of another show <laughs> that had an episode that people actually differed about the meaning of. Yeah. So, especially that uh, was like, people either thought, yay, he's back in the universe with both his family, or that. Oh no, no, he is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the two uh, interpretations, and I'm not going to say. And they don't really get more different yeah, than that. Which one? Uh, so, I think yeah. is ridiculous, but I think one of them is really not correct. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we can have that discussion on Twitter if you'd like. Uh, I went with, of course, I, I also had Awake, and then I also had Parks and Rec, which had just such a beautiful finale this year, Win, Lose, and Draw, which was the culmination of the election and. There was just any number of really fabulous moments and mm-hmm. performances in that. So those are my two yeah. best finales. And, and uh, since you brought it up earlier, I also want to mention the Justified finale, which was basically perfect. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> and then our final category, and I have so many written down for this. It's not even, it's ridiculous how many I have. I'm going to show you here how many I have written down here. That's a lot. Uh, of Our last category is best 
episode that is not from a show that is in our top 10. So it's a little confusing. I'll say it again. Best episode on, t on TV this year with the rule that any show that is on our individual top 10s are not eligible. So, sir, what came to mind? Uh, well, I mean, the first most obvious one was Q&A on Homeland. Uh, yeah. Probably the best episode they've ever done, period. And I mean, you and can... that's despite the stupid car crash. That's despite the stupid car crash, and that's despite the stupidness that came immediately afterwards in the rest of the season. Uh, just an incredible showcase for both actors. Um, yeah, that was the one that came to mind. But since we're going to be listing other episodes, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, A Year in the Life, the mm -hmm. Children's Hospital episode, which was again like every other Children's Hospital episode, only only about twelve minutes long, but managed to cycle through an entire year at Children's. And was hilarious and uh, and w almost poignant in places which you don't think of children's as being able to get away with. Uh, so that was really great as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, w what do you got? I'm going to see if, if if I can reciprocate. Yeah. Well, I have. Um, well, it's because I wrote down Q and A and I underlined it twice. And then I thought, oh, but that that was there were a couple other really good ones too. And then I once you started, it's difficult to stop. I also had a year in the life because I thought that was hilarious. I have. Um, Scandal in Belgravia, which I enjoyed the hell out of from, um, uh, from, from Sherlock this season, but also Memorial from Vampire Diaries, All Adventures Women Do. I had a feeling you would maybe pick The Return from Girls. Yep. Um, yes, I would. From Community, the Law and Order episode, Basic Lupin Urology. I loved that episode. I have so much, so many fond memories of watching way too much Law and Order and they just, they nailed it. Also, the blanket and pillow, pillow fort two-parter was fantastic. Then I also have the Charlize Theron Top Chef episode, which was this year. Ah, good call. Yeah, that was great. Um, Welcome to Westfield and Letters of Transit from Fringe. I liked both of those quite a bit. And then there's something I have to tell you from Parenthood, which is the episode in which um, Christina reveals to her family that she has cancer. And that's at the end of what is a very, it's a strong episode. And then that final scene just puts the button on it. And uh, it's, it's beautifully done. I have a few more to bring up because I just finally found my list. Uh, the Good Wife, Alienation of Affection. Mm -hmm. uh, one of their classic, let's find a legal avenue you haven't heard of and exploit it for a great hour of drama uh, type deals. Uh, Veep, Frozen Yogurt, which I know <laughs> was a particular favorite of yours as well. Yes. Uh, Spartacus, the, the episode I, I was referring to earlier, Libertus, which is this, I, honestly, it's basically a mid-season finale, except that it didn't have a break, which was even better. <laughs> um, and, uh, New Girl, uh, Jess and Julia, the capper to their Lizzie Kaplan arc, I thought was just fantastic and probably still my favorite episode of that show. Yeah, it was really good. And then, uh, in case people missed, the reason we haven't mentioned Breaking Bad or Louie or... Treme or Mad Men is these are all shows that were on our top 10 so you can listen to our show from last week if you want to to get a couple of those and see you know why how could we have left such and such an episode off probably because it was in our top 10 and therefore yes. not eligible so any final thoughts about this year in TV anything we didn't mention in our ridiculously comprehensive lists list of lists uh, I'm trying to think of a show that didn't even get a get a mention I don't know uh you know, I, I'm I'm going to give a shout out for uh for you know we uh, something that didn't even occur to me during Trippia's scene. I'm just going to go with Trippia's show, which uh, didn't, which again probably wouldn't have bored mentioning otherwise. Which was uh, the Hard She Holler on Adult <laughs> Swim, 
Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, holy shit, that should not have existed in a good way. Um, I also will give some props to the, the I don't know if this counts as TV, it was internet, but uh, the Daily Show, or the Jon Stewart, sorry, and Bill O'Reilly debate was amazing. I loved watching that, and I watched it on my TV, so that kind of feels like it was TV. Um, and so that that was a lot of fun. Also watching uh, <laughs> watching Tolkien Week or sorry Hobbit Week on Colbert recently has been a lot of fun because of course I'm a huge Tolkien nut. So when when Stephen Colbert opened up his week by speaking in in High Elven High Elvish, I was very uh, very happy. My 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 inner geek went squee. So I enjoyed some of that as well. Any final thoughts? Or are we we wrapping up 2012? Now let's bury this sucker. Yes, of course, our intro and outro music is Sweet Petite by the Bicycles. You can uh, find us up at Sound on Sight and leave us a post uh, or a comment on this post. Let us know what your favorite of any of these categories or all of these categories if you want to be incredibly uh, comprehensive. Sure, we would love to hear what, what you think. Uh, you can also, of course, rate us or review us on iTunes. We would very much appreciate that. It helps other people find the podcast and uh you know, there's a lot of TV podcasts out there, uh, usually about one show in specific, you know, as opposed to covering a wide array of shows as we do, but it can be hard to find good ones. So if you like the show, or even if you don't, we would appreciate it if you would rate us on iTunes and leave a review there as well. Of course, we're also on Twitter. I am at the Televerse. You are? At Sucker Howell. And of course, you can always email us theteleverse at gmail dot com. We have some some good stuff coming in the new year. I'm already excited about a few of our our DVD shelves that we have lined up. And of course, we're gonna have we're gonna be saying goodbye to Fringe. We're gonna be uh, having premieres of The Americans and a number of other interesting new shows here coming up soon. Next week, I believe we should have a a 2013 preview. Yes. For you guys, instead of a DVD shelf. So we'll talk about all the, the big premieres and what, what 2013 has coming for us. But uh, all that being said, thank you guys for listening. Have I hope you had a great 2012, and I hope you have a fabulous 2013 with us. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. We're a family, Lemon. We're all in this together. Now you're a hippie dilettante, and I'm a one percenter. What's happening? Why are you singing? And you may think you know it all, but listen to your mentor. Are we in a Super Bowl commercial? You act as though you're in a game that only you can win. But I have learned there's one great club that all of us are in. We're in the brotherhood. One man may seem incompetent. Thank you. Another not make sense. I'm the dorkable. Good, Tracy. It worked for Fox. While others look like quite a waste of company expense. They need a brother's leadership, so please don't do them in. Remember, mediocrity is not a mortal sin. I disagree.
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the newest member of the NBC family, Smash.